Welcome to the Uncovered Podcast, where we take a deeper look into the ideas, companies, and entrepreneurs that are creating the future and uncover the stories you haven't heard. Uncovered is presented by PJC, an early-stage venture capital firm committed to supporting the next generation of entrepreneurs. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Uncovered Podcast. I'm Matt Hayes, and I'm here with my co-host, Rob May, and we're excited to welcome our guest today, Sarah Milby, CEO and founder of Valor Performance. How are you doing today, Sarah? Good. Thanks. Good to be here. Yeah, we're very excited. And so we usually like to kick these off by asking you a bit about your background and a bit about Valor. Sure. Happy to. So Valor is a digital learning and coaching platform. We focus on performance mindset and we work with companies to provide Valor to their employees, uh, usually who are working at, to try to be at the top of their game. So high stakes, high stress environments, started the company focused on sales and now expanding beyond that. And so how did you kind of get to Valor? What was the aha moment in terms of starting it and, and, and when, what was the catalyst there? I mean, it, it was built out of a personal experience and pain point that I felt. So I was in my career working at different fast-growing tech companies in the Bay Area. And as I worked my way up into leadership roles, I just frankly was frustrated with what was provided to me as a manager and leader as it relates to corporate training. A lot of what was offered to me was to sit in a conference room all day and become a leader. And we know now with adult learning that 87% is lost when you walk out the door from those one and done type sessions. So I was frustrated. And what I saw that my team really needed was beyond uh, just those one and dones, they also needed things to motivate them during the times that are tough and during times of challenge. And so I pulled from a lot of my experience as an athlete when I had worked with a performance coach myself in soccer uh, before I played in college. And what my performance coach worked with me on was things like, how do you motivate yourself during times that are tough? How do you see opportunities and challenge? How do you communicate with your teammates when competition is rising and the pressure is high? And so I really combined those two experiences, both in sport as well as what I was frustrated in corporate, uh, to come together and build valor. So that just made me think of an anecdote that I have to drop in here. That I, I There's a, a little graphic that I got from David Cancel uh, years ago, um, and it said it's called some, it's the guide to stop procrastinating or whatever. It's, it's like the getting shit done guide to stop procrastinating. And it's like step one, write shit down. Step two, do it. Step three, stop ignoring step number two. <laughs> and so I do think it's one of the hardest things about um, – all kinds of work, but particularly knowledge work, right? It can be so draining. Um, it's not like, like I worked construction in college and you can just kind of like sometimes just let your mind wander and like, you know, dig a ditch or whatever. And it's, uh, it's kind of nice. And this work requires so much focus and so much attention. Um, what are some of those strategies, right? And how do you take something like that that's very personal and translate it into something that's a scalable business and a scalable product model? Mm -hmm. Sure. So it all goes to our framework of performance mindset. So we have six core competencies that everyone who receives Valor goes through. And you go through, when I, when I say that, I mean, it's a guided curriculum that you do online. So it's a digital learning platform, but it also is complemented with a one-on-one -on -one coach that you connect with virtually who can help personalize the experience for you. The six core competencies are things like self-awareness power. So paying attention to your thoughts, emotions, and behaviors 
And then taking it one step further would be emotional flexibility. So strategically managing your thoughts, emotions, behaviors. I'll give an example of that because I work on emotional flexibility every day running Valor. Uh, A good example is just the difference between reacting to a situation and intentionally responding to a situation. And so one example from today is when someone from my team brings me a situation and a problem, my first step might be to say, here's what to do. But catching myself and practicing my own emotional flexibility, strategically managing myself, asking them a thoughtful question to coach them and guide them to get to the conclusion on their own. Um, So all's to say is that we have this guided curriculum that everybody goes through that creates a really solid foundation for us to scale. uh, And then the coaches can help personalize it to the individual. So how long did you spend on the West Coast? You mentioned you were on the West Coast for some time. I went out there for business school and then fell in love with the West Coast and stayed there for a few years after. So how did you end up back in Boston? Uh, That my husband likes to get full credit because he's a doctor and was uh, in residency at Brigham and Women's Hospital. And through the match program, we ended up in Boston. He also likes to take credit because that was the time that catalyzed me to start Valor. Very cool. So what we, you know, it's as we uncover Boston here, what would be great is to learn about your experience in Boston as a founder versus what you observed or um, kind of like interacted with on the West Coast and, and the benefits that you see to building in Boston. Sure. West Coast, I had worked with a lot of people out there, so had a strong network and from grad school. What I think has been such a great experience here in Boston is because it is a little smaller of a tech ecosystem, I find that you see it's stronger relationships, stronger connections, as opposed to just you know lower quality, high volume. You see a lot of the same founders, executives, and folks in the tech space at the same events. So I've built in a very short amount of time, pretty strong relationships of supporting one another, sending intros for one another, brainstorming with other folks within the Boston ecosystem. So it's been very manageable in a way that you can get your hands around it a little bit more than you can in the Bay Area. And from a fundraising standpoint, are most of your investors in Boston or are they on the West Coast or distributed? It's split. So I have a, I started Valor as a, when I was an entrepreneur and resident at F Prime Capital part of Fidelity, which is yeah, here. Uh, and then one of my other institutions is in the on the West Coast, and then a group of angels and syndicates who are also part of my rounds. That's awesome. And can you tell us a little bit about, Valor's a couple years old now, and so I remember when I first heard the pitch, you were pretty clear about who you were going after. Um, how has that changed now that you've gotten to market, and, and, and what was the process like to start to realize that um, you know, is the target customer different than what you thought, or are there just more target customers? Or like, how how have you thought about that focus on the customer and, and how it's shifted over time? Sure. I started the company focused in sales. Sales is the beachhead. In other words, where the recipients of Valor would be sales professionals uh, or sales managers. And what's happened in, that I was surprised that it happened so quickly was getting pulled across function. It makes sense when you think about it because we're focused on performing under pressure. How do you have the right mindset for success, especially during times of change and pressure, which who's not feeling the pressures to perform and stay on top of their game? So we quickly got pulled cross-functional. What we're now seeing and working even more beyond just sales but with L&D at large is we are becoming more of the development program for high potentials. 
And especially as companies are looking, are becoming more distributed and whether the, and fast growth, either through acquisitions or what have you, we can be this scalable and also universal offering for them, irrespective of where their employees are located. Uh, so that's been really interesting. And then furthermore, uh, we focused a ton on software and tech companies. What I have been surprised by in the past six months has been the interest from financial services, again, performing under pressure, and then in a nascent but very fast-growing part of our business in healthcare, physicians and physician leaders who, of course, again, performing under pressure. And so that's been something that has totally shifted from my original thesis and has expanded our, our clientele tr quite dramatically. What do you think is driving that? Is it just the macro changes in like work in general, like everybody's busier and less attention and more stressed or, or are there other, are there other trends? I, I mean, I think that there's in the modern workforce, there is the pressure cooker, as, as you said, right? 24 hour access to our devices, global competitive landscape, products changing constantly. And so needing to be on top of your game. But from a company and corporate point of view, there's also the focus on retention and up-leveling and providing additional skills given this modern workforce to the talent that you currently have. So it could be 90 to 200% of someone's annual salary that a company loses if they lose that employee. Uh, and so there's a huge retention and talent wars going on here, as well as the up-leveling and skilling. I'd also say, though, that my experience of corporate training was not a unique one. People just being, you know, the one and done type approaches to learning is just, it, it's old school. Uh, and so wanting to, especially now with millennial generation, and we know with the research of adult learning, experiential is the way forward. People are just looking for new approaches. And you've been doing this for a while now. Do you have any, is there any data that you're allowed to share or that you've been able to collect on? Like, how do you measure progress? Is it quantitative or is it more just people reach out and say, thank you. I've, you know, I, I you have these anecdotes of, of, of what's better or, or do you have anything like that you can share? Sure. Qualitative and quantitative. On the uh, quantitative, we have a couple different things that we've done. One is everybody who goes through Valor does a baseline assessment, a midpoint, and a final. And so we track over, uh, over the use of Valor. We track the metrics of success at the individual level, and then we aggregate those insights to give enterprise reporting and insights to the company to give them more information, especially what they could be doing going forward to make broader systemic changes. Uh, in addition, we've also correlated and worked with our clients to partner on data sharing to track the improvement in retention, to track the improvement in job satisfaction, motivation, uh, as well as, especially starting with sales, productivity and performance. So we have done where we've seen how Valor has improved productivity, as indicated by CRM compliance with one of our clients. Um, we've also done where they, the recipients of Valor exceeded target quota within the sales org. Um, so we have a couple different uh, ROI metrics. And we continue to do those data sharing agreements with clients because we believe in our products so much. How has the sales process been 
between different verticals from healthcare, financial services, and software. And you would, you know, we invest in software companies and you would think that they're the earliest adopters, but I would love to get your thoughts on what it's been like to sell into all those different verticals. Well, starting with tech and software, they were for Valor too, our early adopters. Financial services actually came inbound, uh, which was super interesting because we're a very early stage company, right? Um, But what's interesting is from a talent point of view, now, Financial services is also competing for the same talent as the tech companies. Yeah, it's a really interesting. Point. So they're actually looking at tech companies thinking, huh, what are they doing different? And what could we maybe think differently about internally? Uh, and then healthcare is a little bit different as far as a sales cycle. Um, very much in that world is about the connections and contacts. And, you know, from the get go in, for Valor at large, and definitely now within healthcare, one of the first things I did as a founder was create an advisory council and just surround myself with people who have more knowledge of whatever the area of domain is that I'm interested in. Uh, And so that's been very beneficial for all different sectors. And how long does it take to work through a full program on, on Valor? We work with companies for a year, you'd get access to the platform. And then we have a phased approach to our programs. So, uh, For instance, a lot of our clients start with what we call the lead self program. It's year one for Valor. You have six months that you get access to your coach. It's in two phases. Uh, But then you get access to the digital platform for the full year. And then the second year is lead others. It's kind of the intermediate course on Valor. And then the third is lead through change. So we're often contracting with companies for a year to three years. And then the recipients go through the programs that their company has purchased. And it feels like a long enough lead time where as that, you know, as you can show success, especially from a quantitative standpoint, you can then get, you know, more junior employees to begin the process. So it feels like it can, you can continue to just, it feels pretty sticky within an organization once people start going through each module. Yes. And uh, we've been able to, I mean, the goal is lifelong learning. And so being able to work with individuals throughout their career and so have this careering where they go through different experiences on Valor, work with maybe different coaches on Valor, go through different of the curriculum. Uh, And so I think that the idea is, look, none of this is one and done. You never can check a box and call yourself a leader, for instance, or, okay, I'm just performing at my best. Check. Uh, So we do want to continue to give companies and individuals and teams tools and insights for them to continue to push themselves and be more productive as well as more humane amidst the modern workforce. So um, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, sort of being a woman in tech, because it's something people write about a lot. And a lot of the people we don't hear from are the actual sort of women in tech on the ground, right? And, and you hear that, um, you know, some people say uh, it's harder, less money goes into sort of female entrepreneurs. You hear some people say um, it's easier because you get invited to things because people are looking for women to be on panels and all that kind of stuff. Um, there are different societal expectations sometimes for like work-life balance amongst men and women, sort of family duties and all this kind of stuff. Like just what's your experience been like doing this? Do you feel like just being CEOs is always hard for everybody? Or do you feel like um, there, there are certain pros and cons to being a woman entrepreneur? Like, like what? What's the sort of view from from the ground? Well, I only have my experience, so it's hard to compare what it would be like otherwise. Uh, I will say that we probably uh, all face different challenges, and I think running a company is just hard. 
And I don't know what opportunities I didn't have because I was a woman, but I try not to think about that. I mean, all I can do is control what I can control and put forward and build the best business I can build. I will say that one of the best career advices I got uh, for being a woman in business was marrying the right person. And I will say that my husband, thank God, uh, is the man that he is because it has enabled me to be a CEO founder and a mother. Uh, But I couldn't do all that I do without him by my side. Yeah, people don't understand a lot of times. I think this is one of the biggest misconceptions is that like when you start a company, the impact that it has on your personal life, right? And the the sacrifices that the people around you have to make, whether it's your significant other, your kids, sometimes even like your parents and your friends, like they don't understand um, sometimes why you have to travel so much or why you have to work on a weekend sometimes when they don't and, and those kinds of things. So it's it's one of the things I always highlight for people that want to start companies. It's like, are you sure? Do you know what you're getting into, right? Absolutely. The other thing I'd say too is because you hear, you do hear a lot of horror stories, if you will, of women in tech and what they experience. And I think that having the right people that you're surrounding yourself with matters so much, both your internal team as well as your investor base. And I feel very grateful with the investors that have invested in Valor uh, because there is, it's just really high integrity, class act, you know, top notch professionals. Uh, and I just it really encourage people to think about what they're signing up for when they're partnering with an investor because it's not just the capital. Uh, and so, really looking for the whole picture of what they need to surround themselves with uh, to be successful. That's great. And tell us a little bit about, we, we like to wrap up on a, on a question about, um, because this is the Uncovered podcast, right? What, what's your idea that's not covered as much as it should be, whether it's something that surprised you about starting a company or some advice that you wish you had received or some advice you'd like to give to, to other founders that maybe they're, they're not going to read on the front page of TechCrunch necessarily? I think you often hear about the ups and downs of starting a company and the roller coaster ride. I don't think I appreciated that it could be minute by minute. (laughs) I think I thought about these peaks and valleys, but not recognizing that literally in one hour, I may go through the entire peak and valley a couple times. Uh, So I, I wish people talked about that more. And I also wish people talked about how they do manage themselves. And I do feel grateful that what I do at Valor holds me accountable uh, to practice what I preach. And so to see the opportunities and challenge, you know, to be self-aware, uh, to have flexibility, to see things from other perspectives. Uh, but I wish people talked about that more because I think often we, o- we overemphasize the strategy and, you know, the, the business model, but we don't always talk about those very personal struggles that a founder goes through that, wakes you up in the middle of the night and how do you manage that stress so then it's not contagious to your team like that's what i wish people talked about more yeah or even you're sitting in your executive meeting and you know fred doesn't like Susie's proposal and you know you're on a small team and you're people argue with each other and there's all kinds of things like that sometimes absolutely Um, do you feel like uh do you have any entrepreneurs that use valor and do you feel like it's a 
it would help entrepreneurs manage that emotional stress? Absolutely. Yes, we do. And I would encourage all entrepreneurs uh, to partner with Valor or find their own avenue and outlet to be able to kind of get out of their own way because we all can get in our own way. And just having that recognition is going to be a competitive advantage for a lot of folks and leaders. Great. Well, Sarah, thanks for being on the podcast today. Um, If people want to learn more about Valor or check it out, uh, what's the best way to do that? Valorperform.com. V-A-L-O-R-P-E-R-F-O-R-M. You got it. You got it. It's kind of hard to spell without (laughs) (laughs) writing it down. Um, Great. Well, thanks for being on the show. Um, Thank you guys for listening. We hope you listen to the rest of our podcast. And if you have guests that you'd like us to bring on the program or questions you want us to ask future guests, please send those to podcast at pjc.vc. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Uncovered Podcast. To learn more about PJC and the Uncovered Podcast, visit us at www.pjc.vc or email us at podcast at pjc.vc.